0: Welcome to the Hockey Strength Podcast, the official podcast of SCAF, the Strength and Conditioning Association of Professional Hockey. My name is David Rosals, and today my guest, and spoiler alert, drumroll, the future host is Mr. Patrick Dugan, who is Patrick Dugan. Pat is the head performance coach at Providence Bruins, and uh, today's episode will be a lot about his story and his journey, but it's also a uh, big A big day for Scott because he will be officially taking over my role. He will be taking over admin duties, podcast hosting duties, um, article editing duties. He will be the head honcho at this show, so I want to give all of you a chance to get to know him. He is a super cool dude with an awesome story. Uh, Has not said a single mean word, I think probably not to anyone. Really nice Massachusetts boy, MBSC boy. Um, Yeah, I don't know. That's all I got. So, without further ado, here Here Pat, welcome to the Hockey Strength Podcast. Thanks for being here.
1: Of course. Happy to be here.
0: This is uh this is a special episode, and we have we will start with a special announcement. So Pat is going to be officially drum roll, please, this is gonna be taking over for me as the host of the hockey strength podcast, and will be taking over all admin duties and kind of be be head honcho. And this this will be your show here pretty soon. So I'm officially passing off the baton today. How does it feel?
1: Yeah, I'm super excited. and Obviously, uh, you know, like kind of like we talked about when we we're getting into it. Obviously, some uh, some nerves, some excitement. Um, trying to figure out what direction to take it and things like that. But, but um, never even been on a podcast, so just to just to jump in and host it feels pretty good. Podcast virginity
0: here. I will say it is. I think it's often easier. And I think with your personality too, as people will get to see, this is like our fourth or fifth call. So I've kind of gotten to know you a little bit, but uh, it's often easier to host because you can just lead with your curiosity and things you're interested in versus if you're on the podcast, like right now I'm interviewing you. I think that might be harder because, you know, you're kind of on the spot a little bit.
1: Yeah. Kind of like you said, we've talked a couple of times. I've brought this up. I think I'm in more of the listening stage of my career versus the talking. And I've always been more of a, um, you know, sit back and listen to what others have to say, not because I don't think I have anything to say, but, um, man, other people are so, uh, they're, they're so interesting and their lives they have lived the, the world views they have and things like that. It's, it's always fun to learn about other people. So I've always been more to, to sit back and listen and learn than to be in the center of the conversation. So, um, yeah, send it.
0: Well, today will be, you won't be able to do that. Today will be much more about you. I wanted to start let, let's give a little bit of background. But I wanted to start with I was going through the Instagram. I will admit, you were not an easy guy to do research on. Like you said, no podcast. A lot of times, guys, I can research them, listen to a couple episodes they did elsewhere, but I had to go back to the Instagram archive. So I found a post from uh, 2019, I believe, that you were at the uh, Minnesota Wild um, yeah. hockey, uh, their, their summer development camp. Yeah. This was before you were with Providence, I'm guessing why don't you give some context on how you ended up at a development camp? Because I know that's kind of a thing that a lot of strength coaches end up doing.
1: Yeah, that was, um, I'm pretty sure that was right after I graduated Merrimack post-grad. I was working at Mike Boyles who, um, you know, Mike's been one of my mentors like he is for, you know, hundreds of strength coaches around the world. And um, I did my fellowship through Merrimack with him, where it was funny that I also trained there at Boyle as a kid not knowing who this guy was. It was just like, uh, I'm going there because all my friends are going there. And that's hilarious. And through high school, the high school I went to because I was playing hockey sent us there in season. So, um, you know, I trained there, not knowing uh, anything about it. And then went back um, as a fellow from Merrimack and um, it was a, it was a mind blowing experience to realize who I was working with as a young kid and then even through high school and then going back as a, as a fellow slash intern. And then eventually as an employee, after I graduated Merrimack, um, it was a wild experience, but yeah. So he set that up, you know, obviously Sean with the, with the wild um, big boys guy as well. Um, He set that up through just reaching out and networking. Like a lot of things are done in this industry um he needed a a set of hands and he was willing to to open up his doors and forever grateful for that experience and then also went to the new jersey devils development camp right after that again just a networking thing of you know we need an extra set of hands who's willing to help out um and then uh and yeah so super rewarding learned a lot that was my first uh pro hockey developmental camp everything experience so that was an awesome time
0: yeah it's such a I mean, kind of a typical path. I think a lot of us young train coaches, I know your colleague, Tim Labazier, and I talked on an episode a few years ago about how we both interned. Uh, and, and I think like doing that kind of free, like get your hands dirty experience is super important. Did you have any pause when you were like, oh, I don't know if I can go kind of spend my summer here and do this for free? Or were you like, were you already enthusiastic? Like, no, I'm all in.
1: Uh, I was pretty much all in. Not only, I mean, that was only... Uh... I think I spent a little little over a week there because it was literally just, just for the camp. Um, so, I mean, that was easy. I paid for my flight out there and things like that. But like I said, I was, I went to Merrimack because of the program, but also because it was 15 minutes down the street from my parents' house. So I was living at my parents not having to spend money on rent or cars or groceries or things like that. So, um, they're obviously been super supportive, um, throughout the years and obviously stepped up big time there, but, um, it was just for that week, paid my flight out there. I'm pretty sure I paid my flight to New Jersey, too. But, I mean, we're talking a couple hundred bucks to, um, you know, meet some NHL strength and conditioning coaches, met some, uh, I do know, guys that were at that development camp. Um, Nico, uh, who's a Clarkson hockey player, actually was at that Minnesota camp. And then when I got the job at Clarkson, Tad texted me. He's like, hey, I got, I got a guy coming in. Uh, he's just gonna lift, his, doing doing his own thing. He's an NHL player, so just you know, make sure he doesn't you know fall and break something or do anything like that. And I think it was like my first or second week at Clarkson. So uh, he, Tad, was obviously like, I'm sending this NHL player to this brand new kid at Clarkson. And then Nico walks in. We're like, Hey, what's going on? What are you doing here? So uh, met some guys like Nico um, at those camps and. Uh, obviously, that was a that was a nice little full circle moment at Clarkson too. But, um, but yeah, are there any conversations or maybe someone was
0: lecturing to you or players that you saw at that camp and you kind of mentioned Nico that left an impression on you? Like, is there something you that they said or like some drill you guys are doing and it just left an impression?
1: Um, I think Nico's the biggest impression, not only because he kind of came full circle through Clarkson, but because he was one of the guys that um, you know, you kind of tell the the natural leaders, but also just the naturally good hearted people that, you know, always say hi to you, always say bye to you, you know, thank you for this, thank you for that. Um, you know, they're just easy to talk to, easy to get along with. Um and it's just, you know, those those good people, there thankfully there are a lot of them in hockey, but um you know the best always we stand out and I think he was one of those one of those guys that that stood out like I said not only because he came around full circle at Clarkson but because he was just that it was my first experience and you know it was like he was you know just talking to a friend that he knew for for years and it was super easy so like I said thankfully in, in hockey there are a lot of those guys there are more of those guys than there are the other end of the spectrum but um yeah that, that really stuck with me like I said first experience and um, he made it super easy. So he, he did for sure.
0: And so after you do these camps, you're like, okay, I'm I'm gonna be looking for uh looking for jobs. How did you wind up to Clarkson?
1: Yeah, I just saw uh a a post online about them looking for an assistant strength coach, which was wild because usually those things are especially in the college world, you know, and in, in pro hockey you don't really see a posting online, you know, there's no boston bruins posting for indeed.com of looking for a strength coach but um and even in college the postings you do see are usually like yeah we posted that because hr wanted us to and but we got a guy in mind but but thanks for the thanks for the application um it was funny actually like two weeks ago i got an email from duke saying my application from when i was at clarkson was denied like okay okay <laughs> <laughs> Thank Thanks for letting me know. Like years down the line, um, but yeah, it was a uh, it was a posting online, and obviously, I was at at Mike at Boyle's. His daughter went there and played hockey, so um, it was a conversation of you know he already knew Tad, who's the strength coach at at Clarkson, um, and the way Clarkson set up is men's and women's hockey is D one, everyone else is D three. So the the role was for D three. And I was like, ah, do you think I can like weasel my way into working with hockey too? And he was like, yeah, that's a conversation you're going to have to have with Tad. And so, um, throughout that interview process, I made it pretty clear that obviously I'm going to give my, you know, full attention to my role, which is, you know, D3 strength coach. Um, but you know, if I have extra time and the hockey gym is open and I'm coincidentally there during lifting times, are you going to kick me out? And I was like, no, like I'm gonna, you know, if you're offering your two sets of, uh, set of hands for free, and uh, you're not gonna complain, then no, I'm not gonna turn down the free labor. And Tad was also great with, um, you know, the before and after, like why do you do this? What'd you do this for? What do you think of this? Um, you know, answering every question until his his head was popping. So, um, yeah, it was an old school traditional. Found the posting online, applied for it, and then, um. Ended up getting it, so yeah, it was pretty, pretty cool. That that's crazy. I will say that's uh,
0: kind of not how you got this job. I'll give I'll give a little bit insider baseball because I think this is definitely how the strength conditioning industry works, which speaks to how important it is to um, like know people and meet people and do things like go to development camps. Because I sent an email saying we were we were looking for someone, and you were one of the first people to email me back. But I knew of you because I have talked to Kevin, who's at Boston, and Tim Labazia, who's also like a senior colleague. So I knew right away, like, oh, if these guys who I know like working with him, I'm sure he'd be a great guy to work with. And it just kind of speaks how like it really is in this industry, like who you know, except for me getting the job at Clarkson, I guess.
1: Yeah. And even then, <laughs> maybe there was like a little connection, like I said, you know, a oil my- connection. There was that. There was yeah. that in there. So that didn't hurt. Um, but yeah, you know, I wouldn't even seen it if I didn't, uh, if I wasn't looking for it. So yeah, for sure. Yeah.
0: I've had uh, similar conversations about this too. And I'm kind of curious for your thoughts about the kind of the Mike Boyle development model for strength coaches, where you get a lot of reps with a lot of kids, but there are a lot of coaches around versus when you're like interning for a college or like you're the strength coach of a D3 college team it's kind of your show or you have one or two other people. What are some of the differences in how you learned being like one of only a few coaches versus at Boyles where I assume you were one of many coaches?
1: Yeah, I was super fortunate. Again, at my time at Merrimack, you know, my undergrad degree was not in exercise science. So I had to do summer school before I went to get my grad degree. So the first day of summer school, I just walked into the Merrimack strength conditioning facility and was like, can I just hang out and watch and, you know, ask questions. And they they put me through the ringer, um, you know, Coach Kamal and um, Coach Vaughn, who's at UMass now, and uh, Scott Leach, who's actually down here at, in Rhode Island at URI. Um, put me through like a whole, you know, big interview process. And um, that summer, I was just doing summer school bartending, and I gave them both schedules and said the blanks are yours to fill in and they filled it in with i'm pretty sure i was doing like 30 40 50 like 4 a.m i was there for football went to you know i was there through hockey at i want to say probably seven or eight and then went to class and then came back for it was probably like a soccer field hockey in there and then went um Probably football was was in the afternoon, and then went and bar attended, and then went to sleep at you know midnight one o'clock in the morning, and then woke up and did it again the the following day. Like they, I think they were they were doing that. I think everything they did was for a, a teaching experience, and and that aspect was probably like a can you hang with this, you know, or are you just a guy that likes to work out and and that's it? Because there are a lot of people like that. Men and women that just really like to work out. They're good at working out, so they're going to make a career out of doing what they're good at. Things like that. So, I think that was, um, you know, check the box for them. And then when the school year rolled around, um, I was basically there all summer. And they're like, we, you know, the fellow that was at Mike Boyle's just dropped out of school, so that's open. You know, you've been working here all summer with us um you know does a fellowship interest you and a fellowship was uh, um half of your tuition is just off just because you're a fellow and i was like yeah a fellowship interests me i got enough student loans from undergrad so you know hell yeah and uh they're like all right so we're going to send you for an interview at Boyles, you're probably going to get it because you, you've worked hard here and um you know the local kid connection because you you worked out there and things like that and once you get that schedule once you get your class schedule um, just give those both to us and we'll tell you when you're gonna be here too. And I was like, all right, cool. So I went through the entire school year, um, basically doing an internship at Merrimack with my fellowship at Boyle's and classes and bartending. Um, but to get back to your question of you know, the differences between those two is I basically got that that difference that entire year because Merrimack there graduate assistants, you know, they're in charge of multiple teams. They're doing meetings. And, um, it is like, a you have this team. It's supervised by the full-time coaches. Obviously they get approved by programs and things like that, but this team is yours, you know, on the floor. It's just you, things like that. And like you said, at boils, you're one of many same program, same coaching style, well, not coaching styles, but same ways to coach that you're taught and things like that. Um, and just starting out, it's, I felt like it was good to be, um, you know, obviously at both, but at boys a little bit more because you, you, one, you had the reps of, you know, this is, this is what we do. This is how we do it. And then you're going to do it over and over and over and over again. Um I also went through that knowing that the private sector probably wasn't for me. I, I wanted to get it either into college or pro sports. Um, So it was good to get the, the college experience as well. But like you said, like you're, one coach with a full team and you expect to know how to do it and obviously very very early on when i just basically you know did summer school and then i'm in one of two coaches for you know men's lacrosse um you know obviously that's a little intimidating and um the graduate assistants at merrimack you know they went to you know springfield college for undergrad like very well known um exercise science Programs and they're coming in with coaching experience and things like that. So, um, like boils just because of the reps because you were there with people that were more my speed of you know I'm very early on in my career and then driving to Merrimack with being able to coach with experienced coaches that were you know my age but also you know not my experience level they're well above me and in a different environment, um two two very different ends of the spectrum but um they're they're great experiences um again the, the people made get the great experience but um for sure i was lucky to get both of them at the same time
0: yeah yeah i think you're lucky you got both i think like that's that's kind of a blessing you got both ends of the spectrum i'm curious i'm gonna shift a little bit what did you study in undergrad i kind of have some thoughts i don't know if i've talked about this on podcast either so i i kind of like to hear what you studied and Think back to like 17 year old Pat and tell us what you were thinking back then.
1: You don't well, have to be I'll, proud I'll, of what you thought. I'll turn the question around. What are your thoughts? Like what was, I'm curious what you think I studied undergrad.
0: I think you studied. Oh, you, I'm thinking like fine arts. That's where my head goes. I'm like, I'm like, I wanted to be like a, a cello player or something like, he, or, or, yeah. or he had no idea. And he was like, I'm just going to do business.
1: I think you said fine arts because I'm wearing these big brave band glasses on right now. <laughs> Make me feel smarter than I actually am. No, I did. Um, So I bounced around a little bit because, again, like I had no idea what I wanted to do in undergrad. So I bounced around. I actually touched on exercise science for a solid semester, which is just mind boggling. that I actually had like studied it for a little bit. And I was like, eh, man, maybe not. Um, shows that the classroom is not really
0: a good reflection of the real thing, right?
1: Yeah, I, I, I'm not a classroom guy. I'm more of like a let's get out and do something and see how it feels kind of guy. But, um, I did settle on so my undergrad degree is in environmental studies, um, because I am a little bit of an outdoorsy person. But I also, um, you know, there was a lot of there's a lot of law enforcement in my family. My father, my grandfather, my cousin, um, so having some sort of law enforcement role would be, um, you know, was a thought. At one point I knew I wasn't going to be like working a beat or, you know, being a state trooper, just sitting in a cruiser on 495. Like I knew that wasn't it, but, um, like the game warden or, you know, in Massachusetts, they're called environmental police. like, you know, they're out on boats in the Harbor. Um, you know, they're running through forest on four wheelers. Like they're on lakes in the summer. Like it's an outdoorsy thing, but it's also more of like a law enforcement role, um, that interests me. That still interests me a little bit, just because again I like being outside and doing things and being active and things like that. And um, also do like, um, you know, there's a, you know, doing what's right interests me. Like, like that little justice piece of it is a huge um, part oh, of. Oh yeah! Playing. Shout out so, to that. Shout out to that. Yeah. So, um, so it was a little bit there, and then when I got out of undergrad move back home just because that role to be a game warden or an environmental cop is you need both um you know both sides of that coin you need to be have some sort of law enforcement and some sort of environmental degree or experience and either or both so because i had an environmental degree i was like all right i need a little bit of law enforcement experience so um i worked at lowell general hospital as security which is basically a Psych ward at this point. Um, and the reason I did that is because a lot of these, um, you know, state troopers at career fairs, um, they kept mentioning Lowell General specifically because they put you through a mini police academy. Um, and the reason that, that is, is because in, in Lowell, and I don't know if other places are similar like this, but especially in Lowell, if you're charged with any crime, and you're under any sort of influence of drugs or alcohol or um suicidal or self-harm or anything like that before you get processed in a jail you go to you literally just get brought into the emergency room and to get medically cleared and the cops will just basically bring the person the suspect to a bed uncuff them and say call us when, when he's medically cleared and we'll come pick him up and the security team, you get a radio and keys to the place. And no matter how big the person is or whatever drug they're on or whatever harm they want to do, um, it's up to you guys to make sure that the nurses and the techs and other patients and visitors and all those people are safe. So, um, I did that, got that job, did that for a solid year and a half, but, you know, six months into it, when I'm getting into fights every day and, 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 you know, restraining people and seeing people at their worst parts of their life and seeing what a human being is capable of, um, when they want to do harm and being that person that's standing in the way of, you know, just some nurse trying to get her job done. Um, I was like, yeah, this isn't for me. This is just too, you know, I've seen too many people, um, you know, even just not even the the fights, but even just like the, you know, people grieving loved ones. And like there are there's a a particularly bad incident of just like of a person we were doing CPR on and you can just hear their family like screaming like, no, no, dad and daddy, no. Like, and just like it still legitimately haunts some of my dreams of just those like raw shrieks of pain and I'm just like no this isn't this isn't for me like I'm not I'm not doing this for my life um so yeah that's what I did in undergrad that's what I did uh right after undergrad and then um when I was figuring out what the hell I wanted to do I was big into uh CrossFit which again is just is not a uh now you teach the Providence Bruins not 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 what we're doing (laughs) at the Providence bruins in in our facility but i was big and that got me back into you know as i was training for hockey when i was young and through um high school um that i kind of caught that bug again of like man this is like you know i'm super interested in you know the human body and why this works and how it works and feeling it and then seeing the results and, and all those things like that so i was um i was working in lowell five minutes from umass lowell so um kind of like I ended up doing at Merrimack, I just walked into U- UMass Lowell foreigners oh, Department. Um, Deb McConnell, I'm pretty sure was actually um working at UMass Lowell, but I did not walk into him. Um, hmm. but I ended up just hanging out. Yeah, that would have been cool. Um, but I ended up just hanging out at UMass Lowell for a couple of weeks, and I was like, yeah, this is it. Um, this is this is what I'm doing. So, um, spent a little more time like figuring out. You know, how do I achieve that? Like, what other what are the roads I gotta take and things like that, knowing that my undergrad degree was not in what I needed it to be and things like, like that. Um but yeah, I found Merrimack, applied to Merrimack and the rest is basically what we just talked about.
0: Well, thanks for sharing that story, Pat. I really uh yeah, that was I really appreciate that kind of deep dive in your career path. And I mean, we don't need to talk about our the indictment of our healthcare system that that is, but um I think it it speaks to how everyone's path is different. And I think a lot of people who are interested in getting a strength conditioning, they're, they're kind of like, Oh, I have to do exercise science. And I don't think that's really true either. I'll share my story because it's really different than that. I, so I played juniors. So I became a personal trainer like two weeks after graduating high school. And so I, I had no degree and I was working at a gym, teaching middle schoolers how to do pushups. And once I was kind of in the field training people, that's when I discovered that the typical like do exercise science path makes no sense because I had already learned how to coach people from actually coaching people, reading books, listening to podcasts, attending seminars, and then testing them on sixth graders type of stuff. And when it came time for me to apply to colleges, I knew I had a lot of other interests. And I also knew that exercise science wouldn't really serve me. So I chose to, I did like a liberal arts degree. Like my degree is for a program at NYU that every student makes their own major. So my degree is called writing and storytelling for the internet age. So anyone who knows me closely, like, yeah, that makes sense. I ended up studying persuasion, like ancient Greek persuasion and creative writing and poetry and all this sort of stuff. And I think that that is just as useful Like those types of skills, those communication skills are huge for the job. And I remember I was 17 and I was, I was 18. I graduated high school. I was playing juniors. I was already personal training. And I went to an event at Cressy's down in Hudson, Mass. And I went the day early because you got to go the day early to events because that's where like, there's only 20 people there. You can actually like talk to the speakers. And I was talking to Eric Cressy and he, I was like, yeah, what do you think I should study? He was like, yeah, man, just like study writing. Like I personally, would not give a crap like I don't want to put words in Eric Cressy's mouth so uh I'll like this is not how he said it at all <laughs> but he's basically yeah like study anatomy or or study like kind of writing like English type of things and I think like if you're 16 17 18 19 20 21 24 and are like I still know what I'm doing like it like what you study in undergrad is not the end all deal
1: for sure yeah, no, I and even, you know, Merrimack has been great not only throughout that process, but every year we have a reunion um of the grad assistants. And thankfully just because I was a kid that just hung around and never got kicked out, I'm uh I'm invited to those. So we just had our holiday reunion and those, you know, grad assistants that again like are are were super talented when I was there, were you know, exercise science undergrads and you know, experienced coaches and things like that. Um you know now they're working in every field imaginable. Um, some of them are working in tech. Some of them are self-employed. Some of them are, you know, working in colleges. Some of them are working in high school. Some of them are working at, you know, uh, you know, some school teaching math. Right? Like some, it's it, it, it's it's everywhere. And everybody's path is different. And like you said, uh, it, it, even when you when you first start out somewhere, it's when you think you have an idea. It's it might not end up being that um thing which is just another wild thing that we're expected to know what we want to do and what we want to go to college for at, at 18 but um some people know it i sure as hell is not one of those people so yeah,
0: yeah me neither me neither. i think like honestly a gap year if you're young like take a gap year if you're interested in strength conditioning like do what pat did or what i did like find somewhere where you can train somebody and like see if you like it like see if you're drawn to it and do that before like going into debt to get a degree that you're like not really sure. I think like there are very few downsides to uh, taking a gap here. So that's kind of my that would be my advice. I think yeah. there's a really interesting uh it was called what's the book called? Uh it's called IGen. It's about like our the Gen before Gen Z came around this author was trying to make our generation called the IGen because we were like the first ones with iPhone these kids. But there was a really interesting study that she pointed out in the book, which was that 17 18 year olds are less mature now than they were a generation ago we could talk about all the reasons why but i think it's all the more reason like if you're not sure like wait wait to go to school wait to go to school for sure yeah absolutely um you mentioned that the you said the private sector wasn't for you now obviously you're working you're working with providence working with the teams what made you make that decision because i know that's something that a lot of strength coaches and people interested in the field kind of struggle with so how did you come to that
1: Yeah, mine was just, you know, I, I love being part of a team working towards a common goal. Um, Even just like the, you know, the, the long haul of a season is super rewarding because there are a lot of ups and there are a lot of downs. There are a lot of, you know, storylines to follow, um, things like that. Obviously I grew up playing hockey, never imagined I'd be working for in any capacity for the Bruins organization. Yeah, and you're a mask
0: guy. Let's everyone, like, this is really sweet because you grew up a Bruins fan.
1: Now yeah, I, for- I mean, a Bruins fan, like, I was, you know, my my family was a, hockey was, was the sport, but we're also just a sports family. Like, you drive to school, listen to sports radio, drive to after school, listening to sports radio. You know, you go to your practice, whatever it is. Uh, my sisters were gymnasts and soccer players. My oldest sister was... Uh, soccer player field hockey player um you know we were encouraged to do anything we wanted um i was always just hockey i did other sports but it was absolutely brutal at pretty, basically everything else but um but then after whatever you know practice you had you you know our our family meals weren't usually around the table they were on the couch watching whatever game was on usually it was again hockey but if there was a you know patriots game on you know i grew up in the the Tom Brady era. So super fortunate there. But even if it was like a Celtics game, you know, in the summer we're hanging out by the pool. There's a Red Sox game on, it's on the radio, things like that. So um yeah, you you grew up a a sports fan and um it's kind of ingrained in um in my life. I know it's ingrained in a lot of people outside of Boston. It's a it's a sports city. So um I knew Again, just being part of the team is a huge part of that. And in the private sector, you have a lot of athletes coming in, obviously, but they're all doing their own thing. And, um, you know, they're here training for, you know, someone has a game on, you know, Tuesday or someone has a game on Friday. It's it's a less of a, you know, we're here to work towards one goal, which is a championship at, at the end of the season. Um, so that kind of put me towards team sports, um but it was also like the you know in the private sector it's you know mike even says he runs his facility like a factory um and it's i love the i love structure in my life but i don't love boringness maybe not boringness that's a bad way to put it because it is not boring at all um monotony i guess is a better way to put it just doing kind of doing the same thing every day um so in team sports, it's, you know, game, game day, plus one, game day, plus two, game day, off day, game day, plus one. Like it's, you know, you kind of get that, you know, there's a different thing to look forward to every day. um, Different thing to do every day. You know, some days are lift days. Some days aren't, some days are game days. You know, you, you get a lot of change up in that. So um, team sports. And then, you know, you have the college setting, you have the professional setting. I started in college, went professional, um, I think I'm more just uh, – I think I'm better suited for the uh, professional role because it's a little more, you know, laid back. Um, you know, I spend most of my days in, you know, shorts and a T-shirt or a hoodie and things like that versus when I was at Merrimack, it was, you know, polo, you know, coach this, coach that. You got your whistle, your stopwatch. You got your printed <laughs> out, hanging the back of your pants. Like, you have – it's a very structured – Um, program, we're all going to come in, roll together, we're all going to come in, stretch, we're all going to do this. You know, football takes it to this the extreme where it's like rep one, go, rep two, go. Like it's just like a super structured, um kind of military style, I guess you could say, where it's like, you know, in in the pro setting, we have, you know, lift times just because we have to split split the group up. But if I go tell a 10-year vet that he's lifting at, you know, nine o'clock, he's going to laugh my face and say, I'm going to lift when I'm going to want to lift. And he'd usually roll yeah. in at 920. <laughs> um, and I personally love that. Like, hey, do do your thing. Like, there's, there's a different approach for 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 everyone. You know, obviously the rookies come in, or we have the rookies come in at eight o'clock, and if there's an eight o'clock lift time, and you're a rookie, like, you're expected to be in at eight o'clock to lift, like, I'm not going to give anyone crap if they're 801, 802, things like that. But, um, that's a little, maybe a little more structured, but, um, the overall theme is, uh, you know, a little less, a little less regimental, I guess you could say. Um, and I would err more towards, towards that side of the spectrum. Um, there are are a lot of other, a lot of other perks to the the pro life as well, but those are the big ones.
0: Yeah. I feel like your personality kind of suits, kind of suits working with those guys too. Like You don't seem like too big of a raw, raw guy, which definitely fits the pro level.
1: Yeah, no, I'm not in. Like, it's you know when I was at, you know, I did two years at Clarkson. You know, there were there were times it it came out of me. There were some times that was needed, but um, you know, I feel like if in the team setting, if the coach is the one that's amped up and given the energy and things like that, like there are bigger issues with a team. Like the strength edition coach should not be the one running around screaming in people's faces and getting everyone else amped up like that should. You know, one come from each individual player. Like that has to be a passion inside of them. But um, you know, as a team, it's it's uh, I like being in the background a little bit more than uh, you know some uh, some coaches that are running around screaming at people.
0: So I think the audience now that it's got a good you know they're gonna have years to get to know you, and uh, I'm super excited to listen along. I'm getting getting kind of jazzed out for you to host podcasts now for sure. Um, let's talk about the website. I've kind of given you the of the land. You kind of know what's up. Uh, what's something you're super excited about with running a website, or maybe something that other coaches or other people in Shinaki training have to look forward to?
1: Yeah, I think the biggest thing, the biggest excitement I have is, you know, kind of, and we went over this and I mentioned it in my original email towards you is, you know, I kind of always try to go towards leaving anything I find in a better spot than than how I found it. Um and I think you know my mentors, you know, the the Mike Boyles, even the coach Kamal and and Bonds at, at merrimack um, they always try to mentor that next generation. Um so I think that's going to be a huge piece of, you know, when I was you know 16, 17, 18, if I had a you know a you know talk to a coach part of the website where I could just email you know Kevin Neild and and see what he's doing at the Boston Bruins. I think that would be a, that'd be, that would have been huge for me, but also, um, huge for me figuring out what I wanted to do. Um, but even like, you know, now I'd love to, and again, part of why I want to do this role is I'd love to talk to other coaches and see what they're doing. Um, talk to other guys on different teams and different uh, leagues and different sports and things like that. So, um, I think that's what, that's what most excites me having that ability to just do my part again, like just being that, that small cog in a big machine of just trying to move the, move the industry forward and leave it better for for the next generation of how they found it and, and help people along the way.
0: Yeah. I think you're, you're host number four. So it was Anthony Urena, then it was Brian Tippetts. Then I took over in 2020 and then it'll be you. And I bet that whoever is going to host this podcast after you is either interning at boils right now with some sixth grader or at some random gym in some random state, like volunteering somewhere, or they're listening to this episode. I would not be surprised at all. And I think that's kind of a really cool part of, of where this podcast and this website has gone as it really like, isn't about, it isn't about one person. It's really about like the entire like hockey strength community.
1: Yeah. I mean, I hope so. I mean, I still get, you know, people reach out, every now and then not frequently at all, but every now and then they reach out on Instagram or they send a text or like, Hey, I have a question. And I, I like, I park up. I'm like, Oh, you, you get a question for me. All right, let's go. Like, what do you want to know? Like you're, you're, you're coming to me for advice. That's awesome. So, um, yeah, I, I just generally like helping people regardless of the situation. And, um, and this specific instance, being able to help as many people as possible would be is super rewarding.
0: Yeah. I think, uh, we might have to have this hour still like kind of ironing out the details, but I think something that we're both like want to continue is something that when I took over the site, I was like, we should have a way to message coaches. Um, and we kind of came up with this connect with the coach feature. And if you go there, you can select any team and like ask them a question. And then that was my job to kind of filter and send out. And it'll be your job to kind of go through those emails and answer questions, send them out to different coaches, get the answers back. But I think what was really cool for me watching from the sidelines is how supportive the NHL and AHL strength coaches are. Like when they get a question, like when you're like, oh, I perked up when I got a question. I think like that enthusiasm and like excitement to help the next generation is just like such a great part of like the culture we have in strength conditioning. So I think that's something I'm really excited for you to see for sure.
1: Yeah, I mean that's something like you said, strength conditioning is in general is filled with a lot of good men and women that have that have their role. But um, you know, hockey specifically is known as uh, um, you know, the sport that likes to give back. You know, you always see, you know, the the you know, Thanksgiving people giving up pies and Christmas and Christmas shopping. And uh, um there's always community events that are given on by the teams and things like that. Um, but also just you know these guys are just they're just incredibly normal people that just walking down the road if they see an old lady crossing the street you know 99.9 percent of the people would help that help that person cross the road players staff trainers coaches GN, like up and down up and down the board and i don't think you can say that for uh a lot of a lot of sports out there and even a lot of professions out there um i think that's something special with like you said, strength, conditioning in general, but, but hockey specifically is just, it's filled with a lot of good, good kind hearted people. Yeah, absolutely. I've been
0: like, it's been so amazing for me over these years, just how, how willing guys have been to help me out, you know, provide an article, like hop on a call, like whatever it was. And yeah, it's just super awesome. So, um, yeah, Pat. I don't know. I, I guess I'll, I'll like I'll, I'll still be around, guys. Like I'll be submitting an article every now and then. I'm definitely like refocusing a lot of my career efforts into uh, writing about language learning, writing about climate change and politics more. I've been kind of working with little hockey related project that I've been trying to do. Um, so I, when I went to NYU, I volunteered with an organization called the Billion Oyster Project. And what the Billion Oyster Project does is builds oyster cages and like makes basically like makes oysters and tries to restore them to the new york city harbor because if you are interested in this there's an awesome book called the big oyster by mark kurlansky that subtitled the history of the half shell and talks about how new york city used to be like the center of uh like oysters and everyone used to eat them and it was obviously cleans the water um can actually interestingly related to rising sea levels and climate change can act as like a seawall barrier. So like when the water, like if there's a flood coming, the oysters can come up and kind of act as a seawall. So super interesting stuff. And then I was, and then I researched and found a group in Florida that is taking broken hockey sticks and making them into oyster cages. And I'm like, that is amazing. So I'm trying to get my uh, old junior team in Vermont to, we're trying to collect our old hockey sticks and just trying to get them to reuse. So I think that'll be kind of the more focus of anything like hockey related to ID moving forward. But um, yeah, you guys will still see me around. I just want to thank like everyone's support, everyone who's ever emailed me. I know I haven't always emailed me back. I feel like I kind of took on more than I can chew. It was, you know, very manageable when I was 21 and still in college, but as I got older and like had a full-time job um, things got tougher. So I know that Pat is definitely the guy to take it over. It's definitely time. Um, and he's going to breathe breed a lot of new life into this site. And it's going to be an, an awesome place for strength coaches to get articles, get videos, get like actual, like, if you remember, get actual support from the entire NHL uh, strength coach community. Um, you guys, I'll probably be at some uh, conferences still here and there. So um, yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of my little send off. Um, Pat, anything else you want to say? Anything else you want to add um, to this conversation?
1: No, just, you know, you know, changing of the guard is always a good time to, to, you know, get some feedback from, from the audience and feedback from those people that, you know, go on the website and look at the articles. And, you know, if there was ever a time to, to send an email say, like, Hey, I wish you did this, or, you know, I think this could be better or hey, yep. I have this person on or talk about this topic and things like that. I think that'd be, that'd be huge. Um, and it's something I've done with every job I've taken, um, you know, when I got this job at with Providence. I had the, I was, I had the unreal luck of my first guy that I trained for the summer was Josiah Didier who was our captain, um, just an, an, again, an absolute unreal, um, human being, um, but you know, day two I had the conversation of, you know, we're heading into a new year, new strength coach, new, you know, um, the organization seems to be spending a little bit of money in this field. Is there anything you? you want anything you, you think we, we need as a team, anything you had at different teams that you want to bring over here and things like that. And, um, you know, we, we nailed down a list of like three or four key things and um, we got everything on that list just because of, um, again, I think this, the changing of the guard is a good time to to look at what we're doing and, and find ways to improve. So um, yeah. Anyone out there, any ideas uh, the inbox is open. If you want to send it, yeah. or, uh, do that maybe we'll make like a google form or something and put it in the show
0: notes that way people can just click and throw some feedback in that's an awesome idea
1: yeah absolutely got, i'm i'm super open to you know this this show should be what what the people listen to it want so any yep. ideas
0: 100 um well pat my one request is that if i ever want to come on and be a guest you have to interview me um absolutely besides that it's all yours love it excited for you excited for everyone to listen and um yeah Stay listening everyone
1: Cheers.
0: thank you everybody so much for listening to this episode as always you can find links to everything that we discussed at the show notes at the official website of scaf pro this is my final send-off so it's been an awesome almost three and a half, three and a half years We've done a lot of episodes been a lot of fun so uh, to me personally, I just want to give a thank you to everyone who's listened. I am a real person. You can reach out to me and say hi if you ever want to, if you ever need anything. I'm super excited for Pat's takeover. The website is in excellent hands. So this is my final send-off. Thank you all so much. And I will be following along with you and reading the articles on SCAF and listening to the podcast. So I am now just one of you guys. So find everything on website. That's our hub, ProHockeyStrength.com.